Welcome to the AZ Politicast podcast. I'm Steve Goldstein. As we look back a couple of years ago to the Maricopa County ballot recount, it was the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, made up of four Republicans and one Democrat, that held the line against some of the more bizarre theories that the election had been stolen from former President Donald Trump. But now as we look to the 2024 election, we're seeing that there's probably going to be quite a bit of turnover on the Board of Supervisors. As Supervisors Bill Gates and Clint Hickman leave their seats, and incumbent Tom Galvin faces a strong challenge from former state lawmaker Michelle Ugenti Rita. Now we also have word that outgoing U.S. Representative Debbie Lesko has decided to run for the District 4 seat, being vacated by Supervisor Hickman. And coming up in just a few seconds on AZ Politicast, I'll be joined by Barrett Marson of Marson Media to talk about the coming changes to the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors and how that could affect the state of democracy in Arizona. How big a difference could this make with a couple of the seats we know changing without Gates, without Hickman? If this goes MAGA conservative, how much could that affect what comes next in Arizona or Maricopa County? Yeah, look, this board has been a stalwart of, uh, of you know, protecting our elections, and they have done an amazing job. Uh, right now, I, I don't know that this board could go MAGA. I don't know that, I, I don't know that the candidates that have announced so far, I, I, I don't see that much of an extreme Um group of candidates, but uh, there certainly could be a little bit of change of direction. And some of it will be, all right, maybe a change in policies, you know, uh, how uh, votes get counted and, and the and the procedures. So those could change, but I don't see even with Hickman, with Gates stepping down, I don't see a big change uh, on the horizon, given the candidates that uh, that we know are running. We certainly see some of the people who are who are favorites. Um, I think if we think about Kate Brophy McGee, uh, maybe the successor to Bill Gates, she's sort of in that same kind of camp that he is more of a pragmatic Republican. Uh, uh, of pra- course. Yeah, pragmatic conservative. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, Kate Brophy McGee has always been a pro- pragmatic Republican. There's just no doubt about that. Um, but, you know, that district is also going to be difficult for her to retain. Danny Valenzuela has a pretty good operation, a firefighter, of course. And so uh, that district is competitive and could turn uh, toward a Democrat. Uh, Danny Valenzuela has a has a real opportunity to, to steal that seat away from Republicans because of the, the district dynamic. Is that seat or any of the seats in play for those who might get support from Turning Point, with the focus being so much on election integrity, I don't see that right now. I mean, maybe uh, Michelle Eugenie Rita uh, may end up getting the support from Turning Point, though. If you remember, she got booed at a Trump rally, right? That was, I thought, hosted by Turning Point. I could be wrong. I don't remember exactly who hosted it. But, you know, she was booed uh, when she was on the stage there. So I don't know that Turning Point will get involved in this. I mean, let's face it. They have a significant amount of other races to get involved in, namely president of the United States. So, uh, and, you know, Carrie Lake, of course, for U.S. Senate. So I think they will have their hands full. Uh, They can't get involved in every race. Uh, If they spread themselves too thin, then they'll uh, do poor jobs everywhere. Uh, Whereas if they can focus on a handful of races, 
uh, they're obviously not just in Arizona. Uh, if they can focus on just those handful of races, they can make a much uh, more uh, impact. They can have a much greater impact, I should say. In a presidential election year, we know down-ballot races get ignored, but could the Board of Supervisors end up being one that gets more attention because of, again, the fight over the ballot recount, the fight over elections? Sure. Well, that is that is a possibility. Board of Supervisor races are generally pretty mundane. I, I can't think in the last 25 years since I've been in Arizona where a Board of Supervisor can, um, uh, incumbent has lost. And, uh, you know, obviously, uh, Supervisors Gates and Hickman are stepping down, so there's no uh, incumbent there. But, you know, Jack Sellers is running. I, I don't even know that Gallardo has a uh, opponent. And obviously, Thomas Galvin is running only against uh, a primary opponent. So I don't see, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, uh, attention to this race. Uh, you know, if you raise 150000 $200,000 in a board of supervisor race, you're king, right? I mean, no one raises that much money. And I, I do think Thomas Galvin is pretty close to the 150 mark, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I'm not sure how much Jack Sellers has raised, and he's facing uh, a Chandler City Councilman, Mark Stewart. Jake Hoffman had long been talked about running for that seat, and now it appears he's not. That would have been a real game changer if if he had run. So talk about turning point. You talk about uh, all those changes. If he had run, there could have been a possibility of that for sure. The incumbent, both Sellers and Gallardo and, and Galvin, uh, do have built-in advantages. And so, you know, they've approved balanced budgets and increases for the sheriffs and tax cuts, you know, property tax cuts. They all get to trumpet those things uh, to voters. So you've long been a master of Twitter, now X, and you were the first person I saw speculated by Debbie Lesko getting into the supervisor's race to take the Hickman seat, and now she's she's going to do that. Easy seat for her to win, and how does this balance with when she was conservative, but I think also could be seen as pragmatic in the legislature, and yet seemed to be pretty full MAGA in Congress? How does that affect this? Well, look, I, Congress... The legislative body and the executive branch, if you will, and that's what a board of supervisor really is, is more of an executive. Uh, those are uh, two different things. And I think she, you know, while she was in the legislature, she was chairwoman of appropes and she really got a lot done. She got a lot of bills signed. She made a lot of improvements for the West Valley and the state. So I, I do believe she is the prohibitive favorite. And in fact, I'm not really sure any real candidate will challenge her. Uh, she literally has $70,000 in the bank already in her state account, which, as I just noted to you, you know, raise 150000 you know, you're, you're queen for a day there, queen for the election. So I, I, I think she'll have plenty of money, more than she'll ever need. And I, I don't see a big name challenger. And I do believe she will be a pragmatic, conservative Republican while if she indeed wins uh, in the Board of Supervisor race. Even though she'd be a newcomer to that particular seat based on her years in Congress and the state legislature, would you assume she would take some kind of, even even though she wouldn't have the chair title, would she take on leadership immediately on that panel? Well, I guess it sort of depends. I mean, does Jack Sellers come back? Um, does uh, Thomas Galvin come back? I, uh, there are some questions. And so you could have quite literally four of the five uh, board of supervisors 
were brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they sellers and Galvin have built-in advantages and everything, but you, you know, who knows what the selection will look like. So, um, and uh, so if that were to happen, if you have all these newbies, maybe, but uh, quite frankly, we don't even know if it'll be a Republican or a Democratic board. Uh, you know, if Danny Valenzuela wins in um, uh, the Bill Gates seat and Joel Navarro is running uh, against either Jack Sellers or Mark Stewart, um, you know, a Tempe councilman. I mean, that's a strong base from which to. But that would be something. When was the last time there was it wasn't a four to one advantage for Republicans on that board? It's been, you know, a, a four to one thing for most of uh most of our life, right? Yep. Um, we will assume for now that it would be a three-two or even four-one uh, majority Republicans, but that is absolutely not guaranteed. So, you know uh, how Debbie Lesko is. If indeed she wins, I, I think I think she's shown herself, especially when she was in the state legislature, to really work with a lot of different people to get things done and. You know, the the board is a much more executive branch, uh, you know, thing where they really do direct the county and direct the county manager. And, you know, look, there's a county manager and, and they're the ones who follow the board policy and um, uh, to actually do things. You are the unofficial king of the West Valley as far as I'm concerned. So, oh. yeah, I mean, no question about that. Yeah. So um, while I've got you, I just mentioned Debbie Lesko probably going to be on the board of supervisors. And there's a real rogues gallery of folks running to succeed her in Congress. How do you, uh, if you were to, to I, I'm not asking you to put money on it, but if you were to set the odds, uh, who are the top two, three there that you really think are going to make, we know the names, but who's really going to make a, an impact there? Yeah. Well, I was just checking the MGM app. Uh, and the bet MGM <laughs> not DraftKings. Okay. No, right. yeah. Just for, uh, yeah, just for the odds. Abe Hamada with his uh, Trump endorsement is obviously strong. Uh, if voters care about a record, then Ben Toma is probably the strongest person running. Tax cuts, the ESA expansion, those kinds of issues. Uh, ben Toma has done a, a lot, and he can run on that record. The question is, do voters care? And 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 we'll have that remains to be seen. So he'll have the record. He'll have money. All. The three main, uh, the three main candidates, Abe Hamada, Blake Masters, and Ben Toma, they all have a significant amount of money uh, to run this race. It will be an expensive primary, but you know, you know, they wouldn't run one race, and you know, they can stay there for as long as they'd like. Uh, whether they whether they'd like to stay as as Debbie Lesko has discovered is is a whole other question. But uh, you know, Ben Toma again has the record. And that is going to be, we're really going to see whether West Side, West Valley voters really care about a record of accomplishment versus just a Trump acolyte. You wanted to say West Side right there, didn't you? You really did. West Side, yeah. West Side, absolutely. So no, no mention of Trent Franks. You know, uh, I forget, I always forget about Trent Franks, uh, that he's <laughs> running because, you know, I got to tell you, uh, I really don't give him much of a shot. You know, I know he represented the district for a long, long time, but you know that was what six years ago now. Eight is going to be you know seven years. It's a long time in politics, and when you simply Google Trent Franks, 
you know, the people here who might be new and they're like, oh, well, I'm going to look up this Trent Franks guy. The whole Google page is, you know, resigns in infamy. And, you know, then you, you know, Congressman wanted a, his staffer to have his baby. I mean, it's, you start to see those stories. So it's one Google search and his candidacy is done. Barrett Marston of Marston Media. Barrett, thank you. Hope you feel better soon. Thank you very much. It was great being on. Thanks again to Barrett Marson of Marson Media, and thanks very much to you for listening to this latest edition of the AZ Politicast podcast. If you have any suggestions for guests or topics, please email me at azpoliticast at gmail.com. That's azpoliticast at gmail.com. Music for this podcast provided by Epidemic Sound. I'm Steve Goldstein. Thanks for listening.